Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all over the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. We got Dave Asprey back. Dave, welcome, welcome. Julie, it's good to be back on again. Let me tell you a little bit about Dave. Dave Asprey is an entrepreneur, four-time New York Times bestselling author, and host of the top 100 podcast, The Human Upgrade, which has been downloaded more than 200 million times. Dave, that's a lot. Over the last two decades, as the father of biohacking, Dave's worked with world-renowned doctors, researchers, scientists, and global mavericks to uncover the latest, most innovative methods, techniques, and products for enhancing mental and physical performance. One of Dave's latest projects is a new book, Smarter Not Harder, everybody. This is one of my faves. I've, of course, read all your books, but this one's right up there, Dave, because oh, it's you. cut to the chase, succinct as you always are. You know, you go, okay, here's the problem. Here's what you do to fix it. But this one, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's so easy to follow and it's, it covers so many things. Of course, I've got questions for you along that, but but it it really is right up there. And each book that you come out with is better. And I keep thinking, how does he do this? How do you keep making them better? I don't know. Well, they they do say that practice makes perfect enough to, you know, <laughs> this is my eighth or ninth book. So I, I like to think at a certain point I've gotten to be pretty good at at well, there's two there's two things. One is having knowledge that's not in a book because why would you write a book that's already been written? It's, there's so many books on the market now that are just someone echoes another book and now we have all this AI stuff. We're going to have just a deluge of recycled old ideas. My standard is I've got to have something that's not been said before and that that is an improvement in our ability to manage ourselves to upgrade humanity. Uh, and if I have that, then the hard part comes for me. <laughs> and if that's the easy part. The hard part is structuring it so that you can take action and you don't have to be a scientist in order to do it. Yet there needs to be enough science so you can understand that it's real. And if you want to know why it works, but there's always, and you've, you've seen this in all my books, like, okay, I didn't want to read all this stuff. Just tell me what to do in this chapter. And at the end, it's five bullet points. Just do those. And then you know you're doing it right. And if you get curious or you have a question about how should I do that, then you can read all the details. I just want you to get the benefits. And the whole point of the book is you don't have time, at, especially as we age, to spend eight hours a day in the gym. Plus, it doesn't work. 
but if you did spend all that time on all the meditation and recovery and massages and stretching and on and on and on, you would have no life. You wouldn't see your family. You wouldn't work on your career. Uh, you, know, you might not see your grandkids even. It, it, like your whole life of all the fun stuff, the reason you're here, you're going to go to a spin class and sweat on a bike that someone else just finished sweating on. Uh, and then, no, it, we don't have time for that. So I, I wanted to write this book because that's what I did when I weighed 300 pounds. Uh, and, and there is knowledge in the book and there are techniques. I am in better shape than I've been in my life. Um, the, the calendar, which I don't identify with, uh, says that I'm 50. But my lab tests say that I'm 39. And my body fat is 7.9%. Yet I was a 300-pound person with a 46-inch waist earlier in life. Uh, and I work out 15 minutes a week. Thank you for the knowledge in the book. <laughs> so it, with all that time back, I mean, I don't know, Julie, how much time do you spend exercising every week? I go for a walk every morning. Beautiful. And it's probably a half an hour at least. And I live in a hilly neighborhood. So big hills, big old right. hills up and down. So talk about what intermittent training or something. What do they call that? When high intensity you, interval high training. Intensity. It's probably not that high intensity if you're walking, but that's actually good because you know well, what doesn't work? Like you said, you're 63. Going and doing CrossFit and wearing yourself out. In fact, how many people in their 60s who believed that they could exercise away potato chips have new hips and new knees? You actually can wear your body out with repetitive cardio. It, it just doesn't have very good results. And... Uh, so, so, so many people like me believe that was the path. So I was like, I'll do it. Uh, and I, I spent 702 hours in the gym over 18 months, six days a week, 90 minutes a day, half weights and half cardio. I was religious, low fat, low calorie diet, hungry all the time, ravenously hungry all the time. I, I got to the point where if I felt hungry, I would say, good. That's, that's the feeling of me losing weight. It was just the feeling of me not being happy because I'd never lost the weight after all that time. And this book is kind of my my happy revenge for it, going, you know what? If I'd have had this knowledge, I could have done what I do now. It's 15 minutes a week. And it's not even very hard, 15 minutes. And you give your body a signal to improve and you give it the right materials and it just will. Well, my neighborhood is very hilly. Like I'm talking big old hills. And so I go up those and down really those. And, uh, and then I do yoga at least twice a week too, which Beautiful. my husband calls yogurt. Say, so, honey, are you going to do yogurt? I'll say, yeah, I'm going to do yogurt. Yep. So there's yeah, that. CrossFit. And, CrossFit. and I do use stretchy bands. Like I'll be in some squat position and I'll be doing biceps with the stretchy bands and triceps and stuff like that. So I add a little bit of stuff to the yoga. It it actually makes a lot of sense. One of the things I write about in the book is, okay, the two kinds of exercise that we've had throughout all of history are run away from tigers. And our big innovation there is you can do it on a treadmill in place or on a bike, right? Or you could pick up rocks. And the innovation there is we've concentrated them into iron plates. Like, great. Maybe there's more to getting these results. And there's also stretching. So resistance bands work better than lifting iron per minute of exercise. So already by using a rubber stretchy band, you're getting better results. And knowing in order, here's the things that work to put on muscle better than lifting rocks. 
That's good to know. So you can spend less time lifting heavy things. So you can have more freedom. And the same thing goes for cardio. It probably that's the most offensive thing that I can think of in exercise. We have this, this story that if we just work hard enough, we'll get results. And uh, Julie, you have, you've got this little yellow thing and it says warning may cause more results with less effort. And I laughed when I saw that. I thought, oh, that is so you to have something like that on the book. And you're telling us why already, you it, know, why? It's, it's so real. Uh, so I, I look at studies from the University of Colorado in the book. Well, if you were to do an hour a day of cardio, of spin classes, or maybe walking the hills and all that stuff, just, you know, but hard. So you're working really hard. That's five hours a week. And you're going to be tired. You had to drive there. You had to take a shower when you were done. And someone yelled at you while you were standing on the pedals and just, you know, hoping you could pedal fast enough and all that. If you do that really reliably, for two months, you'll get 2% better at your cardiovascular. And you'll be really tired because you just did an hour a day of intense exercise. Like That's crazy. If you do what I'm talking about in the book, it's five minutes, three times a week, and you never sweat. It's not even a difficult five minutes. You improve by 12%. What that means is if you take the amount of time that you spend brushing your teeth every week, which is about 15 minutes, and you do the kind of cardio I describe in the book, you'll be six times better than your friends who are spending all their time sweating on each other in a spin class. So you thought you would get results because it was hard, but you are not getting results. So what would it, what if you just did the easy thing and got better results? And then you took all that extra effort and you put it into being a good person. You, you could do that. <laughs> well, and I live in Birmingham, Alabama, where it's sunny most of the time. I think we have 345 sunny days a year or something. And I need to go for those walks for my mental health. I'm a sun girl. I want to be in the sun for at least a half an hour. It helps me have a positive outlook on life. I know that there's lots of studies that show that. What What do you have to say about the, you know, getting some sunlight in the morning? I know you have a philosophy about that. Yeah. This is something I've been teaching since I started the biohacking movement is that if you just get 20 minutes of sunshine every day, ideally in the morning, but noon works as well, without contacts and sunglasses especially, so you get full spectrum sunlight, not enough to give you a sunburn or anything like that, um, it has profound effects on your brain. It, it makes your eyesight better. It can correct your vision. And it makes your dopamine levels higher. And dopamine equals happiness. It equals motivation. So... If you stay in a dark room watching TV or even just you're behind windows and, and all of that, you are likely to be depressed and things won't make you happy. And if you go outside and you spend your 20 minutes in the sun walking like you do, so you get two benefits at the same time, uh, then other stuff that might not have made you happy will make you happy. In addition, when you get that sunlight in the morning, you sleep better at night. And there are studies that show as we age, our sleep quality goes down and our sleep quantity goes down. So you're getting less sleep and worse of it, or you could do the things that are in Smarter Not Harder, where I talk about how to get more sleep in less time. So you could stay asleep all night long. And strangely enough, getting sunlight in your eyes in the morning and then making sure that your room is really dark at night 
that matters. When I say really dark, that means you cannot see any LEDs. Even the little charging thing, the blinky things, smoke detectors, you tape them over and you get blackout curtains that work. Study from Japan of 800 uh, people in their 60s found that the amount of light that comes in around your blackout curtains from street lights in a normal city increases depression by 69%. In other words, sunlight in the morning, pretend like you're in a cave at night, and for no other work, you just get better sleep and you're way less depressed. As we age, we tend to get depressed. It's one of the things that actually makes you old is sadness. And if ha if happiness comes from sunlight and sleeping better, those are very, very small things to get big results. Smarter Not Harder is all about what are the things that just work really well for a tiny investment of time or energy? Well, I learned from you. I carry a roll of, of electrical tape in my toiletry kit. I do too. I, have I know. I learned it from you. And I and I will tape over stuff in a hotel room. Like I'll be on the bed and there's a smoke detector that's got a flashing light. Buddy, that thing's taped over with electrical tape. And I think of you every time I do it because my husband just thinks I'm nuts, but it works because it'll keep me awake. You know, the thing that's worse, this sounds really weird. I, I stay in hotels a lot. A lot of times in the bathroom, they have a blue, like a kind of a brightish blue light on the light switch or somewhere on the vanity, and it leaks into the room. But if you get up to use the bathroom when the the lights are are out and that blue thing is glowing, you go back to bed, you can't go to sleep. And it's because your eyes never see blue light throughout the last two billion years at night. So the primitive part of your, your operating system in your body goes, oh, look, blue light, must be daytime. And then it starts turning the cranks to get you going. And then you try to go to sleep and maybe you do, but you don't sleep well. This happens to us all the time in, in hotels, even at home. Maybe you have those, you know, really bright LEDs that save energy in your bathroom, but one second or five seconds of those turned on in the middle of the night is enough to stun your automatic systems so that you won't sleep well. And this is happening to a lot of us. So it turns out those are easy things to just give you more results. I want to sleep only one minute per night and get... 100 hours of sleep in one minute. I don't know how to do that yet, but that's the goal. And it should be yours too. However much you sleep, what if you just woke up feeling amazing? Well, let's do that. that. That's a worthy challenge. And that's why I write about that in the book. Yeah. Are all humans inherently lazy? Yes. We are all fundamentally, unforgivably lazy, Julie. And let me explain that. Um, I have about eight companies in my portfolio. I've written, oh, I think four New York Times bestsellers, 300 million podcast downloads. And I don't know, I could list all kinds of, of, of like stuff that I have no business really doing as a fat computer hacker. The reason I can do all that is that I'm lazy. It's not because I work hard. I know a lot of people work really hard laying bricks. But they're working way harder than I do. I just, I, I want to honor that, right? I know people work really, really hard as entrepreneurs and never have any success. The idea here is that sometime somewhere in your life, you said, I don't want to do that much work, so I'm going to find a better way. And this can apply to something like parenting. Like, you know what? That took a lot of work. What's a way to get my kids to do it that maybe takes less pushing, right? You were looking for an easier path. So you have a, an inherent built into your body, even each cell, it wants to save electricity, so it's not wasteful. 
And by doing that, it drives you to naturally be attracted to saving energy, which means someone's like, I don't want to walk. Look, I'll ride the horse. And someone said, I don't want to shovel the horse, uh, the horse output, we'll say. So maybe I'll just make a car. And then someone's ah, it takes too long. How about I fly? And we just keep innovating and changing. Even the fact we can do this show right now is, is uncountable hundreds of millions of hours of human innovation from people who are saying, I don't want to have to you know, fly there with a camera crew and, and film and develop it with chemicals and like all this crazy stuff. It's because we don't want to do the work. Yet we feel guilty about not wanting to do the work. So here's what I teach you in Smarter Not Harder. It's that your body desperately wants to be lazy and you don't want to be lazy, but your body sees the world differently than you do and it tries to trick you. As an example, if you have a couch with a pint of Ben and Jerry's and the TV remote control for Netflix set up and you have the door with a gym and you're standing there and you're going to feel this strange attraction to the couch and then you're going to probably feel guilty and say, I should want to go to the gym, but I don't want to. Therefore, I'm a bad person. No. Therefore, you're a good person. Because all of us who are human and are not robots or aliens or something, we are going to be attracted to the couch and that's okay. That's our body trying to keep us alive. So what do you do about it? Well, you can use laziness against your body so that it will stop pestering you about things. What you do is you think about maybe a time you were going to go buy a handbag. And I don't know, Julie, if you've ever done this, you buy a really nice handbag because it was on sale, right? And you come home and you say, you know, okay, I just saved you know, $250 on this handbag. How many times have you said how much you actually spent? Never. Oh, that's so weird. It's almost like your body makes savings feel bigger than they are. And it makes expenditures feel smaller than they are. Yeah, we all know about this. It's called coupons. It's called discounts. Why would you give up your email address for a 10% discount on some product you're probably even going to buy and then have to deal with hundreds of emails spamming you from some company that does something you don't care about? Well, you do that because 10% off felt really big when they offered it to you. So you have the power to manipulate your own operating system. And all you do is instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym, which you're never really going to want to do unless you're addicted, you say, I'm going to go save 45 minutes at the gym today. And the body goes, yes, 45 minutes of less, I'll do that. But if you say, I'm going to go spend 15 minutes at the gym today, the body goes, no, that sounds really unattractive. Did you see the chocolate cake? So I don't want you to feel guilty about the fact that your body's lazy. That's what keeps you alive. And I don't want laziness to control you. I want you to control yourself using laziness. It's a really cool hack. No one's written about this before. It's in Smarter, Not Harder. And it's one of many different things you can learn to do. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, but so when you're teaching a new concept, which you do all the time, what's your thought process on that? Do you just get an idea and then think about it and then figure out if there's a symptom to it and then reverse engineer the symptoms with a hack? What's your like, you know, this whole laziness thing, where'd that come from? And how did you come up with a strategy of, of how to maximize laziness and turn it into a plus instead of a negative. I've gone through and just an entire reprogramming of, of the way my body sees the world around me because I used to have Asperger's syndrome when I was younger. I've spent six months of my life 
doing neurofeedback at a company I started called 40 Years of Zen, where we do brain upgrades for executives and entrepreneurs. And um, so after a while, it became really clear of just watching myself and watching myself with technology. Uh, it's very hard to see the automated parts of your body. They're automatic. You shouldn't see them. They're supposed to be invisible. You, you don't see the signal that makes your heart beat. You just know it's beating. But it turns out there's a way to hack into that signal and learn how to consciously change your heartbeat. And when you do that, you can learn to control your stress response. And so I've done a lot of this kind of work, enough that when you measure the brain's response time, I have an 18-year-old brain, which is pretty weird. And people have oftentimes heard of um, frames per second. Like the new TVs are 60 frames a second. They're really fast. Everything looks glassy smooth. And the old flickery movies, maybe three frames per second where it feels like things are just moving. Well, different brains of different ages and different levels of health and performance, they can see reality at a, kind of the slow flickery thing or really fast. They'll all feel the same to you, but it turns out when you measure it, um, mine's very fast. And that's probably the, the health things I've done as well as the training. That means I notice when my operating system is trying to pull something over my eyes and I have learned how to drop any kind of shame or guilt over that and just be curious. And it's curiosity that leads to these observations. In this case, eight years ago, I opened the world's first biohacking facility. This is in Santa Monica underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office. It's called Upgrade Labs. And this is where people come in and they use all the cool stuff I write about in the book and they get to change how their biology works. And Julie, I know you're familiar with Upgrade Labs. So this gave me a, a platform where I've seen thousands of people's data and we've had all kinds of celebrities and athletes and just normal people come in and, and have profound results you will never get no matter how hard you work out in the gym. Uh, and based on all that data, we're now opening Upgrade Labs across the country. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and you can actually open a biohacking facility in your neighborhood if you want to. And the idea here is you shouldn't have to go build a million dollar lab in your barn the way I did <laughs> to figure out how to do all this stuff. Uh, you should be able to just go somewhere uh, for about the cost of a, a nice gym membership or a massage or two. You have access to the technology that puts you back in charge of yourself. So you get your energy back, you get your body back and you can say, here's my goal. And I want to go after that. And suddenly it wasn't as hard as you thought it was. All right. Well, do you think you're being led to share all this information? Are you channeling? I mean, there's a spiritual component to this because you're you're so out front. You're so leading edge. I mean, on the stuff that you yeah. talk about. That, <laughs> from my viewpoint, I get you're being led to do this. You're being led to educate people across the world. You're channeling a lot of stuff. You're connecting to the vibrational frequency of the information coming into your head. There have been multiple times where I've written something in a book and five years later, university studies come out and support what I said. In fact, it's happened all the time in my books. Uh, so how do I know? Part of it is I have a deep inner knowingness of how stuff works because I am a computer hacker. I studied artificial intelligence and I've done the deep work um, of, of having an understanding of how systems work. And, and at a certain point when you achieve mastery of a field, like you have with, with channeling, you know how it works. So therefore you can predict what will happen because that's how it works. And that's an inner knowingness that it's a felt sense in the body. 
And when I get a hit like that, I feel it in my body. And I learned to feel my body that way by hooking electrodes up to my head until I could learn what my body was doing. Oh, that feels different. And they're very subtle nuances. And then I don't usually have dreams that tell me stuff. I probably do. I just don't remember them. Um, but there is, there's definitely a state I know how to go into. Um, and it's for me, it's up and to the left, like right up in here. Um, when there's like a, a, a hard question or a challenge and, and I put my awareness up there and then I just know the answer. Yeah. What, what, what is that? Is there a name for that? Well, you're, yeah, you're raising your vibrational level mm -hmm. to the level of spirit. So you're on the channel where you can receive. When we do that, it's like a two-way radio is in place and we can receive from spirit because you're not in fear. When you're in fear, you're in a low vibration. Anything that feels bad is based in fear. And we're in a low vibration. And I always say spirit doesn't communicate on the I feel crappy channels because the vibration's too low. So you're with focus going to a high vibration. Another hack for that is stand in the Superman pose, envision a geyser of energy coming from the core of the earth, shooting out through the top of your head. Yeah. And that gets you into the Schumann resonance, which is the same frequency as spirit. You can do that in a nanosecond. It it's funny you mentioned the core of the earth. Um, some of the more advanced techniques, and this, sometimes I'll I'll go through these when I'm teaching people at Forty Years of Zen. And there's a the last two chapters of Smarter Not Harder are uh, on sort of spiritual hacking. Like, what are the techniques to get into spiritual states more quickly? Because I don't want to sit in a cave for three days meditating to get into a state that might take one minute to get into. I I was lazy. <laughs> I had other stuff to do. So, um. I do that. When I do it, I um, I breathe in to open the channel to the center of the earth, and then I breathe out and bring energy up from the center of the earth up through the top of me. Um, and I've studied meditation in Nepal and Tibet and in the, the Andes, and that technique is, uh, the way I learned it was an old uh, Chinese medicine technique um, that today goes by energy for success. And um, that really works well. And, and if I'm doing more advanced, like future planning stuff, I'll actually go through the center of the earth to other places and pull energy from there through the earth. And I think anyone can do these kinds of things. It does take practice. And in my case, because I'm lazy uh, and I run a neuroscience company, <laughs> when I practice, I have a computer telling me whether I did a good job or not so I can improve more quickly. Um, that's one of the reasons I can do what I do is I just, I, I've done lifetimes of meditation in this life because I had a computer telling me when I was doing it wrong so I could stop doing it wrong and do it right. Well, and that's what I teach too, is you don't need to stand on your left foot and raise your right hand and twirl around three times and meditate for an hour to connect with spirit. It's a nanosecond. You turn it on and off. And that's what I teach. And that's what you're doing too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're channeling. I think you're being led. Of course I am. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, because... I, like you, have written stuff in books. <laughs> and I go back and I read it and I think, I don't remember writing that, but it's pretty good. So, of course, every writer's channeling, every songwriter, every lyricist, every composer, every playwright. We're all channeling all day long. We're all getting guidance. And we're most of us just don't pay attention to it. We just think, oh, it's just a random thought in our head and we're not paying mm -hmm. attention to it. Well, let me ask you this, Julie. If someone's using AI, like ChatGPT to write, is ChatGPT channeling too? No. 
I was wondering about that. Mm-mm. No, but you're being led to use the Chad GPT. Mm, so okay. the fact that somebody's being led to go check it out is guidance from spirit. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of our listeners are women. So let's just cut to the chase. Weight loss. I've seen you in person multiple times. You lost over 100 pounds. You have no excess skin on you. And I don't think you've had a tummy tuck, but you, you know, how do you do that? First of all, so let's talk about the smarter, smarter, not harder way to lose weight, maintain it. And what do you do with the extra skin when there's Oh, wow. This is a good one. All right. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. One of the things I do that makes a huge difference, I'm the reason that you're probably putting collagen in your smoothies today. Going back about 12 years ago, I started a company called Bulletproof and brought collagen to the awareness of the entire planet. <laughs> it's a really important protein powder. So there's many companies that sell it now, um, but I, I was the, the guy who planted that seed. And regular consumption of collagen protein makes the body make more, uh, more connective tissue and it tightens up your skin, but it's not going to tighten up 100 pounds worth of skin. So I'm gonna, I'll show you. Julie, because you asked. So this is my, I don't know if you can see it, like this is kind of how I look right now. Yeah. It's it's 50, so not a lot going on there. But back here, um, there was extra skin. So all of my extra skin ended up back here, which meant I looked good from the front, but for whatever reason, it was back here. But there isn't a lot of extra skin here either. How did I do that? How'd you do that? I did not do a tummy tuck, but because I am the guy who gets to try out all of the latest biohacking technologies, uh, there is a new tech that I will be doing an episode on on my show that can take out tiny 0.5 millimeter, tiny little cores of skin that leaves no scar tissue, heals very quickly, doesn't hurt very much. I've had six square inches of skin removed from my lower back, so my butt went... Get out! Yeah, it took about 10 days to recover. It never hurt. It wasn't inconvenient. It took, you know, a couple hours to do. It's a new kind of aesthetic procedure that isn't really generally available, but I'm doing a show on it on the human upgrade really soon. Wow. Because there's so many women that have had multiple babies and, you know, and haven't had a tummy tuck and can't afford it and don't want to go through the surgery and all that. Would that help in that situation? That would help, but it's it's a cosmetic procedure, so it's not cheap. If you're in a situation like that, um, what you want to do 
is you want to look at making sure you get adequate protein and that the skin gets some kind of stimulation. There's a tech that I write about in Smarter Not Harder called whole body vibration. And there are studies that show that can tighten your skin. And sometimes lasers can too, and those start to get more expensive. Whole body vibration, if you come to Upgrade Labs, it's part of it. And you can get machines at home. And I talk about all the different ways you can get these in, in the book. The idea is here's the crazy billionaire way, which is what I just showed you. Here's the reasonably affordable, do it at home. And here's the free version of it. The free version or almost free would be uh, rebounding, like on a trampoline. Doing that when you have adequate collagen protein and other protein in your body and you're not inflamed, you do that. The body says, oh, the skin's kind of moving. Let me tighten it up. That said, if you had twins or you had a really big tummy during your pregnancy, you're probably going to have extra skin there. And let me just say this as a father, um, we don't mind. <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Well, so let's go back to the weight loss thing. I know you're not a fan of um, vegan and vegetarian. Tell us about that. And also, let's just cut to the chase. What's the best way? Lot, lots of shots out there now. Lots of celebrities losing all their fat, you know, with these shots that my doctor friends are not fans of. Um, so cut to the chase. What's, right. the, what's the best way? I um, The shots you're talking about are called Ozempic. And I, because I did an episode before it became a big trend, I, I talked to one of the research scientists behind it on my show. Uh, so I did one shot to feel what it felt like for a week. I didn't have any weight to lose, but I'm like, I'll just try it. I felt like I had morning sickness all week. It was pretty awful. But I will tell you, if I weighed 300 pounds and I worked that 702 hours out of the gym and I looked down and I still had my 46 inch weight uh, waist on my pants, you can bet your ass I would have used a Zembic and I wouldn't have regretted it. And it would have been a good decision because the danger of the weight is so high. That said, if you use it to lose the weight, you'll probably lose muscle unless you do what I'm talking about in Smarter Not Harder. And as you age, losing muscle is a major thing that can make your life end happen sooner. Because if you don't have enough muscle mass, you're more likely to break a bone when you fall down like your hip. And uh, maintaining muscle mass is very difficult as we age. So if you take a weight loss drug that's rid of the fat, that's great. But if you also lost half your muscle, that's not good. So usually I would say try to do it the way I talk about in this book and in others. The reason that you're not losing weight as you age is almost always two factors first. And then there's some other ones that you might need to go down, but it is your testosterone levels are those of an old person they should be that of a young person. Whether you're a man or a woman, you can take testosterone supplementation. And when you do it, testosterone is the hormone of desire. Yes, bedroom desire. But I mean desire to be a good person, to make a difference in the world, to, to do things you care about. So when you're low in testosterone, that's like Grumpy Old Men, the movie. It's a documentary on low testosterone. That's how guys get when we don't have it. And when women don't have enough testosterone, they get depressed and they get angry. Right, So no one needs that. Today, it's ridiculously affordable to get testosterone therapy. And as you age, it should be standard of care. The second thing is thyroid. Most people start making less energy as they age because their thyroid function declines. These are cheap and easy tests. What are my sex hormone levels? What are my thyroid levels? And you'll find if you're overweight and you're 50 plus, getting on thyroid medication under a doctor's uh, orders and taking testosterone, you don't need a Zempic. 
you needed to do that and maybe change when or what you eat according to what you'll find in Smarter Not Harder. But even then, you might not even need to change what you eat. The odds are, though, if you're trying to do this on a plant-based diet, you've been sold a bill of goods. It doesn't work. I was a raw vegan for a while. I've done extensive research on this. A plant-based diet is good for only one type of person, the type of person who runs large industrial processed food companies and no one else. I talked to a client this morning who'd been a vegan for 15 years and it messed up her bone density. It can kill you. It messed up all this other stuff. And she said it took her a couple of years of going back to grass-fed beef, pastured you know, other animals, whole foods, all of that. And she said she was able to regain her health, but she went on and on and on about it. It, You know, I, I'm grateful I only lasted a couple of years on it, um, but I believe so wholeheartedly in, in the whole story there. The reality is that I've talked to Tibetan lamas uh, in, uh, in monasteries about this and they said, oh, we look at deaths per calorie. And a bowl of soybean, whatever stuff, kills a lot of animals to make those. And if you get grass-fed beef from a cow that walked around and actually made soil, that cow was taking carbon out of the atmosphere by building up our topsoil. It was something that where it, if you eat a pound of cow every day, you're killing less than a cow per year. That's a lot of meat. So suddenly you realize, wait, that includes unless the cow stepped on a frog, no other animals ever died in there. But if you eat a grain-fed cow that's fed a bunch of corn and soy and all that stuff, that cow not only was not, it wasn't good for you, it probably wasn't treated well. So what there is this thing that says, well, I don't want animal cruelty. So you go for more expensive but less high-quality meat, and you do eggs. And if you tolerate it, you do dairy protein, and it works. And if you say, instead, I'll have crickets and soybeans and Impossible Burgers, it doesn't work. It takes away your bone density. Newsflash, as you age, one of the biggest things that takes you out is bone density problems. And if you read, I think it's the third chapter in Smarter, Not Harder, the new book, I talk about the most boring supplement ever. It's called minerals. <laughs> and why plant-based foods steal minerals from your bones and your cells and what you can do about it. And if you go to vitamin Dake, vitamin D-A-K-E.com, there you can get the two supplements. They're very affordable that give minerals back to your body because plant foods steal minerals, animal foods deposit minerals into your body. So if you take the supplement, which is called vitamin Dake, these are fat-soluble vitamins that drive minerals into your bones and your cells. And then you take the Minerals 101 supplement that's there on vitamindake.com. Uh, if you do that combination, what you find is, wow, now my body has all the minerals it needs so so that if I go for a walk or I meditate or I do anything, my body will change because it had the minerals it needed to do it. So it's not an exciting new libido enhancing grow your hair supplement, but it does that too because that's what minerals do in the body. They make everything work. So those two things make every exercise intervention work better. Vitamin D costs less than 20 bucks a month. I set it up that way so it's a two-month supply. And Minerals 101 goes right along with it. It's affordable and it's broad spectrum. It has a ton of minerals in it. And if you drink coffee the way I do, dangercoffee.com, because who knows what you might do. Uh, that is my new coffee company. And we put large amounts of trace minerals in the coffee. So when you drink the coffee, it tastes really good. But the electrolytes and trace minerals enter your body, into your bones, into your cells. It's the opposite 
of what happens when you're on a plant-based diet. We'll put those in the show notes. Thank you, Julie. How much do emotions affect our health and ability to lose weight? Um, they're just all made up. Uh, they, they can't have any effect. You didn't know that we're just meat robots. Come on. Okay. <laughs> it makes a huge difference. And there's two ways emotions affect weight loss. One is you can actually use food as a way to, to deal with your feelings when you're feeling lonely or you're feeling sad or depressed or anxious. So lots of people self-soothe with food. I was one of those years ago. Um, and for me, I would eat particularly when I was angry. So I said, well, how about I have a shaman drop me off in a cave for four days with no people and no food, and then we'll see what happens if I don't eat when I'm lonely. Uh, I wrote a book about that called uh, Fast This Way. So I really got into that side of it. But there's another side of it too, where if you're chronically stressed and you're not using food to treat it, chronic stress changes your hormone levels and it makes you hungry all the time. Right, And then it causes your blood sugar to crash, which makes you eat some sugar, which causes your blood sugar to spike and then crash. So stress causes you to, to not emotionally eat, but it causes you to eat to maintain your energy more than you should. So your job is to reduce any kind of unhelpful stress in your life so that you're not wasting your energy on it. And to if you are emotionally eating, to go to a therapist or do some of the exercises in the book, the things that allow you to drop out of that fight or flight state and take back control of your own body's operating system. You want your body to only send you a hunger signal when it really needs to eat. And that's where I am now. I don't snack and I don't have cravings. It just doesn't happen. And maybe twice a year it will. And I say, oh, I'm having a craving because I ate at a restaurant or whatever they put in that food for lunch was not good for me. And now my body wants sugar because it dysregulated my brain. But if you're eating processed plant foods every day because someone told you that beans are going to make you live longer, they don't, then <laughs> it's no wonder you have cravings. You also have an inflamed gut. You just made a really big statement there. You said if you have cravings after eating something either home, at home or in a restaurant, chances are good there was something in that food that oh. you ate that wasn't good for you. That's yeah. a huge statement, Dave. If you have cravings, they're your fault. It's something you did. You don't, you don't know what it was. But the vast majority of the time, if you go to a restaurant, they're using something. It's usually in the sauce. That, that's where they get you or the salad dressing uh, or those flavorful crumbles or something. And what's in it is unlabeled MSG. And it's unlabeled because they can call it yeast extract or spice extract. And there's dozens of words that are a signal of that, like fake words. And you can sell 74% MSG as spice extract, but if it's 75% MSG, then you have to label it as MSG. So they look at you in the eye and say, there's no MSG. And then you eat the sauce and magically you order an extra soda and you order dessert because you had hypoglycemia from eating MSG and their, their check sales are 30% higher. So if you said, don't put that weird sauce on the meat and don't give me your strange concoction of salad dressing, there, just those two things, or maybe you know, don't don't have the veggies covered with some sort of weird spice mix. You probably won't be hungry after a meal. But for me, if I do get like a real, like, I really want dessert, like I'm really hungry within three hours of eating, I know it's my fault. It's what did I eat? It never happens when I cook at home. It often happens at restaurants. They don't know they're doing it, but they are. Interesting. In the book, you talk about being on a spiritual retreat and detoxing your body with certain techniques. Tell us about that. 
Hmm. With certain techniques. I'm trying to figure out which part of the book, the spiritual retreat. I've done so many different detox you did, techniques. You did heavy metal detox. Oh, heavy metals. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so I didn't want to make this a book about heavy metal detox, even though I talk about how, how they're a problem. There are, um, there are things you can do that are medical interventions uh, that are probably more of, of my first big diet book called The Bulletproof Diet. So I, I kind of skipped over to certain interventions. But I will tell you that most people alive today have high levels of mercury and lead because lead's in our paint, it's in our water supply, it was in our gasoline. And mercury is now everywhere in the environment because we burn so much coal that has mercury. So our levels are higher than they ever have been. And these affect your cardiovascular system, they affect your brain. And if you're not losing weight, or you're not getting results from exercise, then one of the things you do is you look at your detoxing. So at that technique I did, or at that um, retreat, I did intravenous therapies to help you get rid of it. However, one of the simplest things that you can do is you can use an infrared sauna. You can now get infrared sauna blankets you can use at home. This is shown in multiple studies to excrete heavy metals. And if you eat some of the things I talk about, including having adequate proper minerals, it's possible to detox and better yet, you go to a clinic or see a doctor who can help guide you as you release metals from your body. And when you do it, suddenly if you do a, a curl, then it works if you don't have heavy metals. If you do have heavy metals, you do the same curl and all you do is you get tired, but you don't build any muscle. Interesting. I do heavy metal detoxes on clients all the time oh, I love with it. energetic healings. And what I picture, you know, my analogies that I see in my head are hilarious at times. But what I always see in a heavy metal detox is two U-shaped big old-fashioned magnets that go around that person's body and they join in the middle. And then they go up and down the body and then they mm -hmm. turn a quarter of a turn all the way around the body. And then I watch any kind of metallic dust that's left get irrigated out. Then it comes out through the bottom of the feet. And then I see this, this healing. And, and, you know, again, my analogies are hilarious. It looks like something out of a Spider-Man movie, Dave. And it looks like a big metal dome that comes down on the person and it can take out other metals. And the metals come out looking like pieces of, like tiny little pieces of metal that would remind me of glitter, maybe. Wow. Sometimes I see little strands, like think of a fiber of steel wool, a steel wool scrubbing pan. Sometimes I can see that kind of stuff come out. Sometimes I see dust come out. I see different colors of the metal, like some of it's shiny, some of it's dull, some of it looks like other types of metal. Um, it's, it's pretty wild, but I do it a lot on people, a lot, a lot. And it's in I, a lot of the shots. It's in the flu shot. It's in the COVID shots. It's in, you know, all those vaccines, lots of heavy metals in all those vaccines. And so I get it out of adults and I get it out of children as well. It, it's so important to, to trigger those, those pathways. And if, if someone's listening saying, well, how could she do that remotely? Uh, one of the first personal development re retreats I ever went to, uh, we did some profound trauma release work, just real old trauma stuff. And I spoke with the director of the facility and she said, oh yeah, um, people come in who can't detox metals. You can give them the injections, they won't do it. They do trauma release and then their body will dump metals. So there's an energetic reason that your body can hold on to these. It's not going to be something that you're responsible for or that you're going to know about. It is entirely invisible by your body's operating system. 
And what you're doing, Julian, in my view of the world, is you're, you're helping people tap into their operating system where you're doing it for them to tell it that it's okay to let this go. And then it will. But if it doesn't feel safe to let it go, it won't let it go. And it doesn't matter what you think about it. it your thoughts are too slow and too dumb for this part of your body. It's a different consciousness than you. And once you tell it it's okay to detox at a good rate, it will. Well, the other place that I see a lot of heavy metals is after somebody has surgery from the anesthesia, tons of heavy metals in anesthesia. And so I'll help yeah. detox the body from that. Well, to your point earlier in the book, you say issues are in the tissues. And that's what you were just talking about. And yeah. isn't it true that that's where the toxins are stored in the body is in fat primarily? to keep it away I, from the organs? I don't think you can say primarily, but there's certainly a ton of it stored there. Um, so it'll also be stored, depending on the toxin, it'll store it in your bones, in, in your bone marrow, um, in different organ systems, in your skin. So um, that said, if you take a biopsy of the fat from someone who's obese, you find large amounts of metals and pesticides in it. And it's one of the reasons that if you lose a lot of weight, like on Ozempic, you need to do something because you're going to be releasing all those toxins as the fat melts. And that can really give you brain fog. This happened to me. It's happened to multiple clients. So now what I do is we'll take some toxin binding agents and some detoxing helpers while you're losing weight. And then suddenly you feel better. Such as activated charcoal and stuff like that. Yep. That's the top number one, activated charcoal, yeah. midnight clay, things like that. Yeah. Do you believe science can help us reach higher states of consciousness? I have a company that does that using science. So um, the answer is absolutely not. It's impossible. Yeah, 40 Years of Zen does that. I started it almost nine years ago uh, in the pursuit of that. And we can measure higher states of consciousness in your brain. We know what they look like now. And we have the technology to read your brain. We can't tell you what you're thinking very well but we can tell you whether your brain is in a relaxed, alert state. And we know when people are in certain uh, enlightened states that their brains look like this. So what if we could train you to do that? We can, and it looks, it looks really beautiful when people do it. It's called 40yearsofzen.com. And you say also that that helps bodies become stronger, more resilient, and just it just improves your immune system. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you like that lead in? How I set you up for that? Yeah, it was, you're welcome. It was, was a, that, a nice soft throw. Thank you. Was that stellar? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I All bet right. you channeled that. I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Please explain what you mean by spiritual stress and spiritual recovery. Mm. I wanted to to get towards the end of the book and say, look, if you do what I'm talking about and you get all the energy back in your life and your brain works effortlessly. Right? and your body doesn't hurt anymore, and you have enough energy to get up whenever you want to and to go do whatever you want to do, what are you going to do with all that? Well, you're probably going to end up saying, well, I've got enough energy to go do the hard stuff, which is the spiritual work and, and all of that. And people get, your soul gets taxed. I was trying to explain this to my, my son when he was, I don't know, six or eight or something. And I said, you know, there's a reason you've never seen someone killed on TV. He's like, why? I know it's on TV. It's not real. I said, yeah, but it's bad for your soul. It doesn't actually feel good to, to see that over and over uh, when you're a little kid. 
And the same thing, and you can look at something like, um, like porn addiction. I'm not saying that all looking at porn is, is addiction and that it's all immediately bad for you. Uh, but I'm saying when people start using it very much, it also attacks your soul. So I have the same conversation with my kids. Look, this stuff's online. Uh, but that's why you don't want to do it because you value yourself and because you you want to feel good. So there's a spiritual side to, to things and recognizing when um, you've been challenged spiritually, your faith has been shaken. You've had a betrayal. You've had a divorce. Uh, you've had someone break in your house or steal money or an unexpected death in the family. Those aren't just physical stressors. They aren't just emotional stressors. They can challenge your faith in the good of humans. They can challenge your faith in God. Those are spiritual stressors and let's call them what they are. And then I talk about something called the reset process, which is at the core of what I teach at 40 years of Zen. And I teach it to you when you read Smarter Not Harder because it's a way to rapidly go in and resolve the specific thing that you know challenged you so that you can walk with hope and and sureness and faith in whatever it is you decide to believe in. But if you walk around with distrust and betrayal and trauma and stress, it's probably not going to be very much fun. Well, plus we live in an attractive reality. So when you're in a low vibration, because all of that stuff's based in fear, you're going to attract more things that feel bad. It's that simple. People look at me like I'm nuts when I say that. And I say, it's truly that simple. When you feel good, you attract more good feeling things. When you feel badly, you attract more bad feeling things. It's really that simple. A couple other questions. Changing uh, directions for a second. Please explain what epigenetics is to everybody. How much does it affect us? And is there anything we can do to mitigate the risks? Epigenetics is a relatively new, started in the 90s, uh, kind of science that says, well, maybe it's not what's in your genes that's so important, although that matters. It's how do you turn the genes on and off? Who controls what they do? Turns out your environment does. So epigenetics is the study of how the environment turns your genes on or off. So do you have a higher or lower risk of heart attack or Alzheimer's? It doesn't really matter as long as the genes are turned off. How do you use the environment to turn them off? Biohacking, the movement that I started, is about using epigenetics, which is the environment around you and inside of you to have control of your own biology. It's how do you consciously choose whether you're going that gene is going to be the one that leads you to heart disease or doesn't. And it also means you can change all sorts of things about how your brain works, how good you feel, how good you look. These are things that become within your control because you change your environment. Well, I think that's a huge statement, Dave, because we're all taught by doctors and the media and everybody else that you're just screwed. You know, if you have this genetic makeup, you're just out of luck. And every time we go in the doctor, what do they want? They want a family history. You know, who had heart issues, who had yeah. cancer, your parents, your grandparents, you know, brothers and sisters, all of that. And so we're, we're brainwashed and conditioned into thinking that. And I, and don't you think that a lot of doctors still think that because that's how they were trained? Oh yeah. Um, they still think that. And it's, it's really bad because like, let's say over the last three years, maybe someone with a billion dollars to make made up a risk statistic about some sort of thing happening in the world. Oh no, you have a 5% chance of dying. 
Actually, no, you don't. That was never true. But even if it was, it doesn't mean you have a 5% chance of dying. It means an average person does. So if you are in reasonable shape, if you eat reasonably well, you get enough sleep, magically, you're not in that risk factor at all, right? So they just never talk about that. It's individualized, individualized risk. Right. And we have control over it. So that's the best news right there. Yeah. How important are awareness and kindness in a person's life? Well, awareness is what allows you to change. If you're unaware, you're unconscious and there's nothing you can do. So it's really important that you have awareness uh, dialed in. And kindness is another thing altogether. Kindness is not being nice. In fact, it's very important that you focus on being kind and not being nice because a nice person will tell you something that's not true to be nice and think they're being kind, but they're just misleading someone. So kindness uh, is is very important because that's what leads you to to automatically wish well upon others instead of having other people in your sights as potential targets or potential things that are going to hurt you and this kind of hypervigilance and, and all that happens. So I... I Highly recommend learning how to enter those states. Yeah, and you talk about them in the book, and they're very well put. I think you did a superb job on that. Thanks, Julie. How can people find you? You can go to daveasprey.com. The podcast is called The Human Upgrade Podcast. And I'm always on Instagram, dave.asprey. Well, I, I got to be on The Human Upgrade, and oh my gosh, what an honor to be on that with you. I I It's like a... a traveling university for me, that podcast. I have learned so much from it and I highly recommend everybody listening and watching put that on your subscription list because it will just improve your life in every way. Thank you for taking the time to join me again. I just love and adore you. I think you're brilliant and uh, continued good work on this. And thanks for educating all of us on all of this leading edge stuff that we're not finding it out anywhere else. So thank you for joining me. You've got it, Julian. Thanks for seeing uh, all of my work and understanding why I do it. And uh, I love you right back. And thanks for your show. You bet. Sending you all love from Sweet Home, Alabama and Austin, where Dave is. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.